and welcome to the Get a Game Plan podcast hosted by the Louisiana Governor's Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness, or GOSEP. On this episode, we will be speaking with St. Charles Parish Office of Emergency Preparedness Director, Joe Ganote. He will be sharing important information and preparedness advice for those of you in the river parishes. But first, we will hear from Louisiana Commissioner of Agriculture and Forestry, Mike Strain. For many people, pets are part of the family. As you prepare your emergency plans for the current hurricane season, consider what steps you will have to take to protect your pets and livestock. Commissioner Strain will have great information on that issue. I'm Mike Steele, the Communications Director for GOSEP. GOSEP is the Louisiana State Coordinating Agency for resources needed to handle an emergency. Each parish has an Office of Emergency Preparedness Director. Should an emergency strain resources at the local level, we step in to offer state support. June 1st marked the beginning of the 2018 Atlantic hurricane season, but we got a jump on the season a few days ago. Subtropical storm Alberto has already spun up in the Gulf and caused flooding in many areas, from the Gulf Coast through the Northeast. Luckily, we didn't have any significant problems with this system, but you never know what lies ahead between now and November. One of the things we do each show is give you a preparedness tip. Today's tip is similar to last month. That is highlighting the importance of flood insurance for homeowners and renters in Louisiana. Regardless of what happens during hurricane season, flooding is the number one threat for people living in Louisiana. It can impact any region. According to the Louisiana Department of Insurance, it is important to review insurance policies and make sure you know the amount of coverage you have along with any deductibles. Get flood insurance now. There is typically a 30-day waiting period for policies to go into effect. Make records of your possessions, such as brand names and serial numbers, that will make the claims process easier. We will have more information on flood insurance during our resource segment, but for now, that is your preparedness tip for this episode. We are fortunate today to have an expert with us when it comes to issues involving your pets and livestock should we face an emergency here in Louisiana. Dr. Mike Strain, the Secretary for the Louisiana Department of Agriculture and Forestry, joins us by phone. Dr. Strain, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Tell us a little bit about your agency's role when it comes to pets and livestock should we face something like a hurricane this year. Well, as you know, our agency plays many different roles when it comes to disasters, one of which is to assist in the evacuation for pets. After Hurricane Katrina, we passed a state law that basically said anyone being evacuated, if there's room in the boat and there's room on the bus, uh, that you can bring your pets. And the reason was because we lost many people because they would not leave their pets. And so when you have a general evacuation, when we are moving people, we move people and co-locate them with their pets. So we're responsible for assisting in the movement of pets. Now, if you know, you're getting on the bus and you have a small pet that can sit in your lap, they're allowed to go there. And if not, we have uh, special rigs, tractor trailers, where we move the pets and we move them and co-locate them either in the same shelter or at the mega shelters. And so in, in addition you know, to help them move them, we have veterinarians, we have volunteers, uh, a, a number of different volunteers. The veterinary school kicks in. Uh, there's a team called LSART 
uh, which is uh, from, with the Veterinary Medical Association, as well as a number of different nonprofit entities that work with us and with our veterinary and technician team, where we set up these pet shelters, and then there's a tremendous amount of volunteer work. All of that is coordinated, and if you look at just the great floods of 2016, we had over 2,000 animals in the census. In addition to that, we have two mobile pet trailers. This came about as a result of uh, we were evacuating animals in and during Hurricane Isaac, and we were out there loading animals at night in the middle of a storm, you know, standing in six inches of water and putting them into the, to the reaper trailers. And so there's got to be a better way. And so we were able to get uh, two trailers over the last, you know, two years from the federal government that we, we got them, we used them in our food service, and now they allowed us to take and have them modified. And we got, first we got a grant from the Walter J. Ernst Foundation, Veterinary Foundation, which is there on behalf of the Louisiana Veterinary Medical Association, working with the School of Veterinary Medicine and LSAR. And then we got a second donation from the Banfield Veterinary Corporation, the foundation. Uh, these two grants together and the donation of the trailers is more than a quarter million dollars in assets. Uh, each trailer can hold 50 to 55 pets. They are state-of-the-art, self-contained, stainless steel cages with lights, water, you know, controlled environment, you know, exhaust fans, and it's so that we can set up anywhere, anytime, uh, and we move these with tractor trailers so that it, when we co-locate pets, and if it is such at the river center where you can't bring them inside and there's no place, you know, to set up, a shelter. We can use them there. We can also use them to go into these emergency situations to have immediate access to pick these animals up. We can bathe them there. You know, we have veterinarians on standby. So it's really helped us with that. You know, with livestock, we help to try to coordinate the livestock. And then we work, uh, again, co help to coordinate the rescue efforts. And then we're also responsible for disease control in the animal kingdom. And so there's a lot of things that we do simultaneously now, in these disasters, and we set, you know, at GOSEP, you know, the governor actually sits on one end of the table, and I'm on the other end of the table. We have all of our other partners and statewide officials around the table, you know, everything, state police. Of course, we have, you know, wildlife and fisheries. We have, the, you know, the National Guard, you know, fire marshals, officers. everyone is there to deal with the situations. In addition to the pets, we are primarily responsible for fire, as we are the largest firefighting agency in the state. We're also responsible to fuel the government. I'm responsible to make sure the fuel is wherever it needs to go for emergency response, uh, everything, including GOSEP. When it's on generators, we fuel that. We also assist in logistical support, you know, because of the different assets that we have in the warehouses. So it's a very much a team approach, everyone working together. And, you know, and gen, you know, and when the storms abate, you know, we work with the National Guard and with the state police and everyone else as we are delivering hay, water, and supplies to livestock that may be trapped and couldn't get out. So it is a team approach that we have, and uh, and it works well together. I hope we don't have any hurricanes this year, but if we do, we will be prepared. Well, one of the things people may not be aware of is last year after Hurricane Harvey really did a lot of damage down in the Corpus Christi area, then you had a lot of flooding in the Houston area. And emergency responders had their hands full with those locations. And so Louisiana actually rolled in and helped in a lot of areas like Orange, Vider, Beaumont. And we took a lot of those people to the uh, mega shelter up in Alexandria at LSUA. That shelter in the pet stand-up operation that you had up there was 
was pretty remarkable to see, and and a lot of people I know really appreciated the effort you took to take care of those animals like that. Well, and one thing that we have found that when we co-locate the people with their pets, the pets do better, the people do better. And as you've seen, when we co-locate them within the shelter itself, uh, how much more calm and relaxed you know everyone is, and it, it's a much better environment. It relieves a lot of anxiety, both with the pets and with the people. And again, many people will not leave their homes in the face of a natural disaster if they can't take their pets with them. That's right. That's a part of the family. And so, and you know, in order to have this as an evacuation and not rescue missions, you know, this was the right call. And I can tell you, it's made a tremendous difference. People will more readily leave uh, in, in the face of these disasters. And that's the key. People, you have got to leave. You cannot stay down in the low-lying areas because we have seen the water will rise rapidly, uh, and you can be cut off for days or actually weeks, and the storm surges can be severe. We've seen severe storms since Katrina. We've had a, a record number of named storms and floods uh, throughout the coast, and I think we're going to see this weather pattern continuing for a number of years. Well, I know it, just in our office alone, we had first responders, people that were working as first responders after Katrina, and they talk about how some people in New Orleans just wouldn't leave because they couldn't take their pets with them at that time. And to this day, they kind of wonder how that family fared or how that person fared because it was it was such a dangerous consideration. But pets, you know, nowadays are part of the family for many people. So uh, it's great to know we have these resources in place. When it comes to livestock, we have a lot of cattle operations and, and different operations all along the coastal region of the state. What advice would you have for those people in that industry, and, and what steps should they be taking now before we face some type of threat? Well, what we advise all of our cattle people is to have a plan in place. Know what you intend to do. It is logistically impossible to move all the cattle from the coast in the face of a hurricane. It simply cannot be done. You can move most of the horses because most horse owners have just a few horses, and they generally have the, the trucks and the trailers to move them. You know, so with your livestock, have a plan. If you have horses, know where you're going to go. Have that agreement ahead of time. You know, and bring bring feed, bring hay, bring some of the water that they're used to. With cattle, know where you're going to move those cattle to high ground. Have a plan in place, uh, because if not, then it becomes a very difficult uh, again rescue mission. Just getting to those outlying areas where the cattle are, and then of course, you know, we have to you know, use airboats and helicopters to get feed and water to them. So everything is about preparedness. Prepare ahead of time. You know, if you're going to, if there's a levee area you can put them on, if there's high ground, have that ahead of time. Don't wait until after the storm is here and then focus on a rescue mission, you know, with cattle we can save uh, after the fact. Because as we know, you know, with fresh water, you know, they can generally, you know, survive 7 to 10, 7 to 12 days. Salt water, it's about five days. Mm-hmm. And so you know, the, the quicker we can deal with these issues and the better we can deal with it ahead of time, because after the storm, all of our assets, you know, we are running at overcapacity with assets. And so when you look at the size of our coast, if you know you look at Hurricane Katrina, and then you had another hurricane right after that, you know, and then if you look at all of these different hurricanes, we're getting multiple hurricanes in a short period of time. And look at Gustav and Ike. You know, we were there. We never shut down Ghost Up from the beginning, Gustav, till after Ike. Mm-hmm. So have a plan in place 
and be prepared. Get a game plan is always the best advice, no doubt. If anyone has a pet or they're concerned about these types of issues, you know, ahead of a storm hitting or ahead of an emergency, what should be their first step? Well, what they need to do, they need to make sure they have their veterinary medical records, put it into basically a Ziploc bag, that they have the heartworm preventative and everything that they're going to need. They're going to move. You know, they may want to, you know, if they're going to a hotel, if they're going to a friend, bring some of the diet that the animal is used to. But also have, if you have a small dog or a cat, you know, get one of those cat carriers or get a little, you know, you can use the collapsible ones or get a sky kennel. Have what you need ahead of time and don't wait to the last minute. And get your, keep your veterinary medical records intact so that we know if you come into our shelters that the animal's been vaccinated, it's been vaccinated for rabies, you know, and we know what the status is. And is there a website or a place someone can go with some of the resource information on it? Yes, they can go to our general department website, www.lbaf.la.gov. Sir, thank you again for joining us, and uh, we look forward it goes up to working with you again this year. Thanks. And we appreciate you. Thank you. Before we get back to our interviews, we wanted to work in the emergency resource segment for this episode that also centers on flood insurance. We've told you about the need for everyone in Louisiana to have flood insurance, but where can you find out more information? You can always contact your insurance agent or use www.floodsmart.gov for specific information on the National Flood Insurance Program, or NFIP. You can also search for an agent on the Louisiana Department of Insurance website at www.ldi.la.gov backslash find a agent. That is today's resource segment. Now back to our interviews. Joining us now in the studio is St. Charles Parish OEP Director Joe Ganote. Nearly everyone in this region is gearing up for hurricane season this time of year. GOSEP and our other state partners join you for a coordination meeting last week. Tell us a little bit about that meeting and and what topics were addressed. First of all, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, everybody's gearing up for hurricane season. Obviously, they're looking at the early predictions, and we try to reach uh, as many of our residents as we can. So we we had a summit. It was last week, and we had uh, the who's who, I think, in emergency management to come speak not only to our elected officials, but to all of our staff officers and ESFs to discuss, you know, the preparations and what they do during hurricanes. So the different twist to it is we brought in a meteorologist, David Bernard, who was so kind with his time to come in and give a presentation. So uh, we had the National Weather Service. We had representatives from Entergy. We had the Director of Emergency Management for DOTD, Skip Breeden, and of course, Jim Wascom, who's the Director of Homeland Security for the Governor's Office. So to have that group of folks and then we had our elected officials there, which they need to be reached and understand that we're trying to prepare the best we can for the season and the relationships we build there are important too. Between law enforcement and the parish OEP office, you have about 20 years experience. How have you seen things evolve kind of over the years in St. Charles? Do you think people are paying attention more now or do you see more preparedness taking place? So if you go back to Hurricane Katrina, which is what most people remember in the last 20 years, 
you know, and then we had to read to follow that up. I think people were really on edge. I think they, they kind of, hey, this is our storm, and, and they get prepared. And for five, six years after that, I think people are, are very in tune to the storms, and they pay attention, and they're prepared. And you don't have to do a whole lot of outreach, but a lot of time has passed since a major storm has come to our area. In 2012, we had Isaac, uh, which affected some of the region. But I think the further and further we distance ourselves from Katrina, the less people pay attention. And so I think the communication side of this is the most important piece is to reach the folks and not have any complacency. So certainly we do a lot of things in our end in St. Charles Parish, whether it be through social media, we get out in speaking events all the time to try to reach as many folks as we can, and we preach, let's not be complacent. So I got to see it from the Katrina side, boots on the ground, and now in this position, if we have a major event, whether it be industry or whatever the case may be, but hurricanes for sure, uh, I think we're, we're better equipped and prepared, but we need to keep our residents prepared. Communication is always important, you know, at our level for FEMA, for everyone involved in this process. Tell us about some of the unique things y'all are doing communication-wise to get your messaging out. So last year, we went out to each council district and we tried to reach the public directly. And it was evident that it wasn't important. We went in May. We may have done some strategy things incorrectly. We might have gone, should have gone later in the season as people start really thinking about it because people don't think about storms often in May getting ready for June, although we know June 1st is the time. So we went out in the council districts. We spoke to the public. We had some. We had good turnout. Some we didn't have good turnout. And so this year we decided to have a summit where we could bring the experts in, and they're not just listening to me. They can listen to people they can identify with. Um, So that was the one thing we did. The other thing is that anybody and anyone that calls and says, hey, will you come speak to our group about hurricane preparedness, we're all there. We'll, We'll make sure we're there. Outside of the social media and then and our SCP feed TV that we have in St. Charles Parish, Twitter, Facebook, of course, everything social media these days, we're going to show up. And just for instance, yesterday I spoke to a group of realtors who wanted to know what do we tell our our clients who come in from other parts of the country and and how do we operate during hurricane season? So it was a great opportunity to speak to those folks and and explain to them why St. Charles is prepared, what we're doing. And then if you're from Arizona, if you never lived in a hurricane, what to expect. Speaking of which, how important is it when you're looking at those sources of information to kind of verify that information ahead of time? Maybe if it's something you're picking up off of Facebook or Twitter, uh, what's your message to the public about checking those sources out? The good thing is our public information does such a fantastic job. They monitor daily uh, what's going on through social media, because that's the way people communicate. They don't pick up the phone and call anymore. They text or they're going to do it through social media. So if there's a question, we'll reach out and we'll respond. And then certainly if there's anything that the public can go to and see, whether it be a meeting or some sort of outreach that we do, we encourage them to go so they can ask those questions directly to emergency managers or the experts. So we try to stay out in front of it. It's impossible a lot of times because social media is such a huge machine and it moves very, very fast. And a lot of times you'll you have to dispel a lot of rumors about certainly early in the year about early predictions. And this is going to be our year. We're going to get a storm and no one really knows. We just know that it's going to be an active year probably. Yeah. If you talk to a lot of the weather experts and we face this at our level, sometimes you see people that take some of the modeling information that's out there that could be two weeks out mm-hmm. until it gets closer to the actual date. You just don't know. So I know we struggle with that at times with people reporting certain things. Uh, The National Weather Service has the same issue sometimes. So always check your sources 
and make sure that those sources are verified. As far as any help within the parish, are there any steps people should be taking as far as contacting you if they have special needs or other issues within the parish? We have an assisted evacuation program. We have a point-to-point shelter that we'll take those folks to. We provide our own transportation. We pride ourselves on being resourceful and also resilient, and we can handle what we need, and we don't have to have a lot of help unless we absolutely need it, whether it be from the state or the federal government. So we have a point-to-point shelter, and what we do is we will seek out those folks and make it available to, if you need assisted evacuation, we want to know now. We want to know where you are, and we want to be able to come get you to get you out of harm's way if you decide you want to evacuate. Because there's a lot of folks out there that don't have family members in the area, and they're elderly, and they need help getting to wherever they need to go or don't have the means to evacuate. So that was one thing that we um, we, we reach out to the folks. And if you, you're especially beginning a hurricane season, if you're one of these special needs individuals, let us know. Some of them have medical issues, so we turn that over to our um, EMS director, and they get them to the, the locations they need to be if they can't be in a shelter. But I guess it's important to think about all that now before we actually have something bearing down on us. You know, we saw in 2016, flooding can happen anytime and, and almost instantly. So I guess it's good to, to make those connections now with your parish ahead of time. Correct. And they can call our EOC. Like I said, we're, a, we're always ahead of the curve. We try to be. We're a 24-7, 365-day operation. We're manned all the time. We're the only one in the state that's constantly manned. So they can pick the phone up, call 783-5050, talk to a coordinator who's going to get the information they need and answer whatever questions they have, whether you're a special needs or whether you want to know how to go get a dog picked up and, and a number to call to pay your water bill. We handle everything, and, uh, and that's a special thing that we have that we pride ourselves on in St. Charles Parish. So you can always pick the phone up and call us, and, and we'll answer the question or, or point you in the right direction. So to be out in front of it, I think, is important. Certainly, it's a year-round process with hurricane preparedness. Um, of course, we're busy right now getting the message out and preparing for uh, a potential active season. Uh, and then in come June and July, it's you just kind of sit and wait and, and hope that all your plans and preparations and communications are uh, are been effective. And you've actually tested some of those evacuation plans recently too. Is that correct? We test every other year. We try. We always test ourselves some way differently. So this year was a was a shelter exercise that we did, which is an in parish shelter. If we ever needed to stand one up, and which went very very well. Our recreation department actually handles all of our sheltering. So what a lot of people don't know is that when we activate, all of our staff have special other jobs. I mean, you might be the recreation director, but you also might be the shelter director. So they got some training from the Red Cross this year with sheltering management. And certainly, uh, if we have to stand up a shelter in St. Charles Parish, we're prepared to do so. And we will also cohabitate pets. We're designed to do that at our community center. And that's good to have in the event you have a, like you talked about, a no-notice rain event where you could have some, some flooding in some areas and you have to evacuate a few people or, or not a mass evacuation, maybe a smaller evacuation. When it comes to full-scale activation and we get an evacuation on a hurricane level, then we test our assisted evacuation, which we use the transportation department for our school board. They're great partners. They provide the buses and drivers and they know who they are and we test that. And then we have the plan where we we pick people up, bring them to the bridge park, and we get them registered in, and we get them to, to Hammond High and Tangihua Parish, and and uh, and that's where they'll they'll spend they'll ride out the storm. And so we test it. That's probably important for the public to understand too. Not everyone knows the roles among the the locals, the state, and the federal government. Not every event rises to the level where you need the state or federal FEMA support. 
parishes are capable of kind of taking care of their own uh, to a certain extent as long as the disaster doesn't grow too large. So uh, that's why it's important to always make sure you know your parish's plans. And that's why we do so much work with the parishes, trying to help them finalize those plans as well. That pretty much wraps it up. Any other messaging to the public you want to get out uh, as far as, you know, we we have already seen Alberto spin up in the Gulf, so it looks like we got off to an early start. But any other messaging you want to get out to the public? I think what's important, obviously, we always preach have a plan. I spoke yesterday to our civil service uh, awards banquet, and we have a lot of essential personnel. And I spoke to them and said, listen, have your plan ready, because if you have to stay and evacuate your family, you don't want to have to worry about where they are and where they're going. Stick to your plan. So there's a lot of good literature out there through the state and local about how to get a game plan, how to put your disaster kit together, places to go, maps, how to get in and out. Uh, Don't hesitate. Listen to your emergency managers. Don't take to social media because you never know where that information is coming from. It may not come from an expert. So National Hurricane Center, National Weather Service, and we lean on those folks. I'm not a meteorologist, but I'll listen to the messages as intently as anyone else, and that's how we base our information. The other thing is that we have trigger times. So as you well know, and a lot of people are out playing golf on the golf course and it's a sunny, beautiful day and you're calling for an evacuation and like, wait, what are you talking about? But they have to understand that we're trying to get them prepared so they can get their affairs in order and get them out before the tropical four storm winds. So that's important for them to understand too, is that we base on timelines. So it might be a beautiful day today, but in 24 hours, it's not going to be, and it's going to be very difficult to evacuate at that time. So heed the warning, listen to your emergency managers. Uh, listen to the local meteorologist and uh, and the experts when you're making your decisions. For more information, you can always contact us at the Emergency Operations Center 24-7-365. That's 985-783-5050, and you'll get somebody on the other line, a coordinator that can direct your call. But more importantly, people are tech savvy, so they want to they follow us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Vimeo, YouTube, all your social media outlets, or you can find all those outlets on our uh, government website. That's the best place to find us. Uh, stcharlesparish-la.gov. All right. Great advice. And thank you so much for joining us. This was uh, Joe Ganote, the Emergency Preparedness Director for St. Charles Parish. Thanks for joining us. And I know all of us at GOSEP look forward to working with you again this year. Mike, thank you very much. Thank you for joining us for our Get a Game Plan podcast. We also want to thank St. Charles OEP Director Joe Gnote and Louisiana Commissioner of Agriculture and Forestry Mike Strain for the information they provided. We want to thank the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency for the use of their studio. Sign up to be an organ donor today. Find out more at donatelifela.org. For more information on the topics we talked about today, go to getagameplan.org. And don't forget to follow GOSEP on Facebook and Twitter. We'll talk to you again in July. This podcast is produced in partnership with LOPA and the Gifted Life Podcast. Find out more about organ, eye, and tissue donation by listening to the Gifted Life Podcast at thegiftedlife.org or download it from your favorite podcast app.